Thank God you're here. Thank God you're here. We've been waiting for you. I hope you have some time to take your break today. This is a very special episode of Pot Smoking Mom's podcast. It is your first time here. This is a podcast about the things we love the most, which is being moms and smoking cannabis. So welcome so much. This is episode 40. This is a finale of season three. So welcome so much. I'm Sunny D along with my homegirl, Captain J. Hello, hello. You know, if, if you like this show, if you appreciate it, please rate, subscribe, share, throw love our way. Send us a DM. We enjoy hearing from you, and sometimes uh, we bring you up in our podcast. So we appreciate it. If you have any questions, send them our way. We actually had a live session today where everybody, there's this little feature where you have ask what Q&A That was session. really cool. That was very, very cool. Yeah. So we'll be using that again. Hit us up on our social media, potsmokingmoms.com. That's our website. Everything we do is there for you. What do we got on deck for smoking today, Captain J? Today I got a bowl at of 5G's purple F2 coming in at a whopping 20% THC level percentage. Cheers. Cheers. Isn't she lovely? Good little hybrid. That was delicious. Mm -hmm. So um, this is the last episode of the season, man. I can't believe we already have three seasons of this stuff. This is pretty crazy, yeah. I thought we're... I forgot this was even season three. I thought we were still on two. Uh, no. <laughs> season three, bitch. <laughs> oh it went God. by fast. We're, we're doing this. <laughs> we're almost at a year of doing this. I know. Don't it, stop me now. I'm having such a good time. <laughs> I'm having a ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, almost a year. It's crazy. That's awesome. We but, thank all you guys for being so amazing and, and listening. Motivating us to keep I going. Know, seriously. It's really you guys that motivate us. Seriously. If there would have been like, I mean, whatever. There would have been like three people who were like, hey, man, we need you guys. <laughs> well, the podcast was like, oh, three people. <laughs> I don't know. I think I, I would have kept doing podcasts even if it was only three people. Going, yeah, we have a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, it's super fun. So we thanks you so much. Stay tuned. We have a very special interview with Blunt Blow and Mama. Yes. She kind of is paved the road for all of us Canna Moms. Uh, she was the first one we looked up when we were, you know, thinking about putting slapping this puppy together. Yep. So that was a lot of fun, a great interview. So please stay tuned for that at the end of the episode. Absolutely. So did you start school? What's oh, up, God. What's up with that? Today was the first day of school here in Miami-Dade. It was awful. Okay, so I feel very loud. <laughs> I'm sorry. I turned you up a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah, today was the first day. You okay there? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it was the first official day? First official day of virtual school in Miami-Dade County. And um, we were ready to go. We had... The laptop set up to the TV in the living room because I wanted him to be able to see the t the teacher big, you know, like almost like if she's there. Um, had his little table set up with all his school supplies, everything he would need sitting there in his little uniform. He has to have his uniform on and everything. That's awesome. And we try to get in. Try to get in. Try to get in. Can't get in. Can't get in. Okay, I'm getting frustrated. I'm starting to think I'm doing something wrong. 
but then I check the app that we have with the class. It's called Class Dojo, where we have like a messaging uh-huh. app for the, the classroom, it's and chatting. a lot of other parents are messaging. Like and issues. our teams also, we have Microsoft Teams messaging. We can't get in. We can't get in. And it apparently was countywide. Like everybody was having troubles getting in. It was overloaded. No, they didn't have the capacity to handle that many users logging at the same time. So no schooling got done today. We eventually got in and he was just in there with two other, um, no, three other classmates. And they were just sitting in there. The teacher was not able to get in ever. Uh, No other students were able to get in and they were just sitting there and waiting. So I had him working on like puzzles and like coloring things that we had waiting there in case the teacher came on. And then she eventually in the messaging said, I, I can't get in. It's almost lunchtime. This was already at like 11 a.m. Damn. <laughs> it's almost lunchtime. They go to lunch. They break for lunch at 1130 a.m. Uh, what do they say in the bulletin about that? They had a whole week of preparations, a whole week of week of welcome with videos and things and, and all these things out, preparing for and it. And all that worked out. OK. Yeah. Like it wasn't that hard to get in. It was just that. The, the, they didn't have the capacity for that much. So it was just shutting down. Like the system was just shutting down and not letting Zoom? people in. No, they're using something called My School Online. It's like a K-12 program. It's mm. called K-12. And it looks like it's cool and everything. It's just, it wasn't, there's there's a lot of kids in Miami-Dade. Wow. There's a lot. And yeah. So let's see what tomorrow goes. <clears throat> uh, wait, so in the end, she's like, we're going to go to lunch. Normally they go to lunch at 1130 after they have 1130 to like 1230, not 1230, 1130 to 12. They have lunch. There's like a half hour and then they're supposed to have recess for like 20 minutes and then they have PE. So they weren't supposed to really start class again until almost till one o'clock. So she's like, we have another Block. scheduled class at one. We'll come back at that time and it should work at that time. Come back at one. He does lunch. He gets his time to himself or whatever. <clears throat> Come back at one. Mission to get back in again. Finally get in. More people are in the class. The teacher's there this time. But it kept freezing on the teacher. She had to get out one time and come back. So there was like two images of the teacher, one of her frozen, (laughs) one of her now. And you're supposed to be able to see all the students in the class, but you could only see five screens for some reason. And the teacher kept saying, I'm supposed to be able to see all of you, but I can't see all of you. Yeah, it was a mess. So let's see how tomorrow goes. (laughs) Hey, man. Everybody's doing the best they can. Yeah. Uh, honestly yeah. at the end of the day everybody's doing the best that they can everybody the teachers exactly and that's the best you can do and just it's the first day better. there's exactly. gonna be complications exactly. so it's just you know they did have four months to prepare and test for that oh, you know yeah. and figure it out like they i think they were really depending on schools opening <laughs> wow i know but you guys i do gotta say though that miami Dade, i feel does have a good plan at least they're not making kids go back to school and at least they're yeah, trying to be as safe as possible and, and they have a whole good transition plan. So they're trying the best they can. See how Let's see how tomorrow goes. Yeah. And that's another reason why it's a good thing we're going on break because now school's starting. Yeah. You got to get acclimated <laughs> get to that whole to that process. new Yeah, that new routine and then we'll come back and be like, ready to go. I know. <laughs> We still have to do things while we're off, too. Mm -hmm. But at least we don't have to plan it for a show. Yeah. Yeah. But anyhow. Oh, my God. Today. Okay. Check this out. 
So I have a friend who I've always been at, at open with her about my cannabis use because I've been very open with her, period, period, with everything. We uh, went to high school together and she had to drop out of high school because she got pregnant. But we stayed friends and we're still buds. So, you know, I ended up working with her. Uh, that was the last job I was at for like two seconds. <laughs> uh, and I was like, yeah, I love you as a friend, but uh, not so much as a coworker. <laughs> <laughs> no but she she's awesome i love her but she always kind of like made fun of me for like being so open about cannabis and being all about it you know and bro she texted me today like hey i have a random question and i i, I honestly thought it was a random question she was like oh how do you get your medical marijuana card no yeah and how and how much does it cost but and like- i was like that's not so random to be asking me. That's random for you. For you. But maybe that's why she meant me. by random. Maybe that's what she meant by random. Yeah. But like what kind of crap would she give you about being open about cannabis use? Like she was just like, did she smoke at all? I want to say she might have tried it a long, 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 long time ago and got paranoid or something. Like a lot of people have yeah. some kind of shitty yeah, experiences when they're younger. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, fuck this shit. But, uh. But I don't know. She was not like that. She did it. Hmm. She was never into it. Did you it. ask her why she's asking for this now? Yeah, we're not. We didn't get there. So this, it's so funny because, you know, she had a divorce from her husband and I was super about it. The set, the day that she announced it to me, I was like, congratulations. And she was laughing like only you would say that to me. And I'm like, because, yes, good riddance. <laughs> I'm fi- I'm happy you finally fucking shaking it loose. Mm hmm. After, since she was in high school. Bro, he was a like, POS. Yeah, bye. Exactly. So I was very happy for her. And yeah, you know, it took a while. She was just having to get used to this with kids, three kids and all this stuff. But uh, like a fucking boss ass mom, she does it. You do it. You mm-hmm. do what you got to mm-hmm. do. Um, But she was like, apparently she dated. She went on a date with some guy on Friday and... He, he's a smoker. And I was like, are you doing this because he because he convinced you? Okay, so now if you. she's going to do it, she wants to make sure she's doing it legally. I Yeah, she's like, I want to try it. But I don't know, you know, if, if I get caught at work because they random drugs. She goes, oh, you know, they That's random drugs. That's why. Like, do so they she know? wants to be able to have, I have a medical reason for it. I guess. But like, really? You're going to go on a mission for that? Just for Fuck a dude? That, for just, I mean, not for a dude, but probably just because she's been interested and she's just like, oh, everybody smokes already. I might as well just do it too. (laughs) Peer pressure. So you're going to get a cannabis card and medical marijuana? (laughs) That's an expensive curiosity. Yeah. But I'm super interested in going, well, what did this guy tell you that made you go, oh, well, I should try it. Everybody says it's He good. probably like, you didn't smoke the right strain. <laughs> <laughs> when she explained her, yeah. he said she got paranoid. Like what every good pothead says, you just have to find the right strain, right, man. Right, 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 right. You know, you got to try a different terpene profile. Switch up your terpene profile. Where, uh, my husband called me a weed nerd the other day because of the mouthpiece. So what? We're fucking weed nerds. It's so funny. He's like, I'm proud of it. You, you fucking weed nerd. And I was like, yeah, I can't argue that. That's true. I have <laughs> become a weed nerd. 
even though I'm very blase blah about like uh, strain <laughs> like uh, weed pack a bowl spark it up just smoke it uh, yeah oh sorry this is my cue bro I always fucking I never get this right I'm never gonna get this right it's too much this is too much but uh, everybody knows this little this little piece right here They love their city of Hialeah in Hollywood, Florida. The stoniest broads in town. Captain Jay and Sunny Day. So, House set to vote on marijuana legalization. So, we mentioned this back on episode 35, that there were some industry rumors that uh, the MORE Act will be coming to the House floor for a vote soon. Um, And it turns out that's going to be happening. So, states would still be able to vote to legalize a drug. Uh, Marijuana is already legal in 11 states. I got a question ready for you already. The MORE Act would remove cannabis from the Controlled Substances Act and erase some cannabis criminal records. The vote will come during the September work period, according to an email majority whip, Jim Clyburn's office, that was sent to members Friday. The email also asked members to indicate if they would support the MORE Act by September 3rd. Neither Chamber of Congress has ever voted on removing marijuana from the Controlled Substances Act. A floor vote on the bill would be the greatest federal cannabis reform accomplishment in over 50 years, said Randall Mayer of the Global Alliance for Cannabis Commerce. So even just getting it to the floor for a vote, even if it doesn't pass, is still one of the greatest like accomplishments for cannabis reform ever. Would that, if they, if they decide... Because it's never happened before. Yeah, this would be... So, so yeah. it, it would be it would legalize it across the board then. Yeah, basically the the states they're saying the states would still have, their have to laws. vote to legalize. Yeah, but federally they would recognize it as legal and they would expunge records and all that stuff that we've talked about before about the Moore Act would be happening. So we'll see. I don't know. Do you think so? If they pass it September third, do you think it would be able to be? Do you think it would go? What if Trump both makes marijuana legal? What do you think? I don't know if Trump's going to do that. Would you like? That would be weird, though. (laughs) (laughs) That would be so fucking weird. (laughs) He'd be like, guess what, guys? I'm going to legalize marijuana. I think I guess I guess if it came to his desk and he had to sign it, he would. I don't think he would veto it. Yeah, I think he would. I would think. He I would think he would it. sign it. Right? I think he would. He would have. To, he would secure. I'm sure he. He would want to secure his bag before he signs off on it. But I'm sure he would. I'm sure he would get his little, little Trump, little Trump, dirty little Trump hands all over some marijuana stock and shit. You kidding me? I'm sure they're already like, looking I'm gonna into make, that. I'm gonna make the people smoke me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna name a truck. I'm gonna have a strain named after me. Of course, he's gonna have a whole it's gonna Trump be the best, line of strains. It's gonna be the best weed you've ever smoked in your it's entire life. It's gonna be the life. greatest, biggest. <laughs> the nugs are gonna be loudest, glorious, <laughs> loudest, <laughs> loud. <laughs> the loudest weed you've ever smoked. <laughs> Smoke weed every day. <laughs> All right. All right. You don't got to tell me. You guys. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. She 
has a wrap it up box <laughs> blinking at me. This is a little segment that uh, talks about all the fun things we love here in uh, in our lovely little town of Miami. So this is a segment we like to a reoccurring segment rather we like <laughs> we like to call. Captain J, this one you got to start. This I, one we finally got edibles coming, guys. I'm. Not, are you guys excited? Because oh, I'm not. Omg, I know you could give a shit. <laughs> no, I am very excited for the industry. I am. I am. I actually am excited because I want to try some like really good edibles. Some, some medical I wanted, ones. I want to like you know experiment a little more with my my issue. You know. So Wednesday night, four years after Florida voters approved the legislation of medical marijuana and one year after the legislator allowed patients to smoke it, edible products will finally enter the market. Oh, M. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the Florida Department of Health, which oversees the Office of Medical Marijuana, used quietly <laughs> published emergency rules for edible marijuana late Wednesday night. Why? Well, why is it quietly? I don't understand why the emergency after four years, it was, then it was suddenly it was an emergency. <laughs> I don't understand emergency rules. Why didn't they even write it that way? I don't know. I'm gonna have to email the editor here <laughs> at funnynews.com. <laughs> Florida's chief medical marijuana regulator, Christian Bax, predicts variances will be issued to licensed medical marijuana treatment centers this week, and products will hit shelves soon after the rules will go into effect immediately <clears throat> and are fairly basic to medical marijuana states the edibles cannot have primary or bright colors in order to minimize attraction to children must not resemble any commercially available candy and must be packaged appropriately that makes sense items that have become staples in other legal states like baked good lozenges lozen i can never say that lozenges word. lozenges uh-huh. some people freaking say coughs candies some or whatever say lo- some people say lozengers lozengers some lozenges. people call it lozengers and chocolates are fair game but you can't have like icing and sprinkles no icing or sprinkles like they, you can't make it's it like marketable it has to be just regular cookie or regular cake while the rules took a few years to finalize much of the waiting had to do with the establishment of a reliable testing infrastructure which has been built up as the industry has grown Florida's Tom Marijuana companies have been preparing for this moment for years. <laughs> yeah, man. Everybody's been waiting for this for a long time. I mean, yeah. For, <clears throat> and for I think they've just been waiting for the rules to come out to just start. So I think they're already got I a think lot they, of things lined. to lying. start selling, not to start making. I'm sure they've been planning that shit for a while. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. They've been planning making it, but they can't make it until they can make it because it has a shelf life. So they don't, you know, they have to make sure. So apparently the shapes that they're allowed to be in um, are in three-dimensional form. They can be squares, circle, rectangle, triangle, parallelograms, and ovals and diamonds. We can have lozenges, gelatins, I guess it's like gummies, baked goods, chocolates, and drink powders. We already had drink powders. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like... It was pretty gross. Yeah, maybe I they, was I guess. not a fan of that. And now they they power. have like new ones that they are flavored. flavored. Yeah, yeah I'm not, I'm I haven't not tried convinced. any of that. So multi-serving edibles. Each single serving portion must be physically distinct 
or clearly marked or delineated in a way that enables a reasonable person to determine the portion of the entire edible that constitutes a single serving. That's reasonable. So, so it has to be either individual pieces that are single servings or easily distinguished, like that you could break perforated, them apart. like you know, so you could easily take them apart, and yeah. it's like this is a single serving. Yeah, I make it easy. If the single serving portion is not physically distinct, it must be easily separable. Okay, makes it simple. Uh, sh- so they cannot produce or dispense any edibles that contain any color additives, uh, resemble anything that's commercially candy, like we said before. A bear contain or oh no, a bear I any thought. marking symbols, <laughs> images, graphics, like, or you might like be teddy- in the shape of a bear. Oh yeah, they can't be in the shape of a bear. Uh, well, they, you can't put like symbols or graphics or anything on it other than the universal marks for like THC and mm-hmm. stuff like that. No decorations like icing or sprinkles or toppings of any kind. No primary bright colors. Um, nothing too fun. Yeah, nothing to make it like, look, child, doesn't this look delicious? But we're, you know, like, we're kids too sometimes. We want to. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Edibles shall not contain the following prohibited ingredients. I thought this one was funny. Meat, poultry, or fish. For purposes of this rule, gelatin is not considered meat, poultry, or fish. I mean, it's bo- it comes from bovine, but... Yeah, I mean, I didn't think of that as being an edible. I guess you can make an infused meal, but, like, edibles to me is, like, baked goods or, like, candies Sweets or some and shit. you always yeah. think of something delicious. Of like, meat squares. Sweets. You or think of sweet. Like, you know, or, like, well, beef jerky. balls. How about something. beef jerky? Infused beef jerky yeah, or something. Yeah. I guess that would fall under there and it wouldn't be allowed. That's a shame. Beef jerky yeah, would that would be good. Pretty tasty. Yeah. Uh, anything other than marijuana oil and ingredients that meet the definition of food or food additive. Um. Uh, any additive that increases potency or toxicity or psychoactive substance like nicotine, alcohol, or caffeine. Yeah, no, no mixing any of that. So stuff. this is the important important part. THC content in edibles shall meet the following requirements. So a single serving portion of an edible shall not exceed 10 milligrams of THC. A multi-serving edible shall not exceed a total of 200 milligrams of THC. So each package thing is like 200 max. Yeah, I guess... The most, yeah, a whole entire package can be is 200 and each individual has to be, it can't be more than 10 milligrams. The so 200, so you could have like 20 pieces. Huh. I'd love to talk milligrams. to somebody who like, who has tests, who they actually go through the testing process. That'd so the total cool. THC potency printed on the label of an edible may vary by no more than 15% from the total potency result on the certificate, certificate of, of an analysis. analysis. Such variance shall not result in the edible exceeding the maximum milligrams of THC described. Hmm. All right. So those are the rules, guys. Pretty interesting. I hope we get to try some on the show and We're going to do some stuff. More science experiments with my... <laughs> with with my Yeah, my tolerance edibles. with edibles. Yeah, man. I would love that. Um, well, you've made it here so far. Thanks so much for staying uh, with us. We got a really, really, really fun guest we have on the um, show. We have Blumplow and Mama. We've, um, you know, kind of looked to her for guidance and she's amazing. And she, we, she was the first person we saw when we started looking into the world of Canon Moms. Um, so we really hope you enjoy the interview. Here it is.
<laughs> you don't know where it goes in the cloud. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but the thing is, is when it reaches maximum capacity, it's like it'll cut off the exactly. Internet. And I oh. based on the computer, I might as well just record on the computer. Right. Yeah, that's what I usually do. We're really excited to talk to you. Um, it, it's interesting because we started our podcast basically before we started our podcast, which I'm pretty sure you might also uh, relate. You kind of look to see what's out there. I did it when I was doing stand-up comedy where I would just like go see comics to see what they're doing and what it's like and then go look up podcasts in our genre to see what it's like and what what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And you were the first person that popped up, man. Oh, that's awesome. It was amazing. It was your, you said article on Blavity. On Blavity. That's the article. Because she actually messaged me and we were talking. She's like, we should do a podcast about smoking weed and destigmatize it. Because we're like, just like you, you want to bring it to everyone's attention. We're moms to smoke weed and it's not a big deal. It's Mm -hmm. okay. So I was like, that's a fucking fantastic idea. Yes, let's Mm -hmm. do it. So I I started Googling and looking and I saw the Blavity article and I shared it to her and I was like, check out Blumble and Mama. Like, you know, and that's how we, and we want to thank you because you were so nice and open. And I know it can be kind of, it's like, you're doing this for such a long time and you're working on your thing and people I'm sure hit you up all the time. Like, Hey, I want to do what you're doing. What are you doing? Like, you know, but it's like people sometimes kind of ask you to help them. And like, we, you could only do so much because really the legwork is like all up to you. Right. Exactly. Girl, you're by yourself. Like there's two of us. Yeah. There's two of us. I I think it's easier. So you are like, Thank you so much for being so open and nice to us when we approached you. And we were like, oh, we really like what you do. Any suggestions? You were so super cool. We thank you so much. Well, you know, it's all about women supporting women. I'm like so strongly believe that because a lot of the help that I've always gotten throughout my life has been through from other women. So that's all I really know. I don't know. Like, I'm not going to compete with anybody because like I want there to be competition. Like I want there to be plenty of women in my lane because like it's kind of lonely when you get there and you look to your left and you look to your right and it's just you like that's not fun it's more fun to like help other people support other people you know be there for each other because like it's hard (laughs) and having that um having that community sorry I should be speaking into my mic more but having that community definitely helps a lot because like it's hard. You'd be like, some days like, oh, what am I doing? What am I, you know? But yeah. like, you guys have each other. So like you said, like, that's good. Doing it by myself is so time consuming. As I you, know. Yeah. you guys I mean, split stuff up between each other, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it is very time consuming because even with just us two, you know, being a full-time parent and doing all yeah. that shit, even just promoting shows and doing all that mm-hmm. shit and finding interviews, it's like, it's very time consuming. It's time consuming. So that's why I'm looking for an assistant now because I'm like, I've done this for too that. long by myself. <laughs> well, and most like- of the podcasters that I know, they all have co-hosts. Um, so they're always just like, yeah, I do this and like this, she does that or like he does that. And I'm just like, I do everything. <laughs> yeah, man. You need to deserve a medal of honor, girl. But I have an editor now, so I don't edit my episodes anymore. Thank you. Oh, goodness. sweet. That's great. And that's a huge load off your chest. Oh, yes. You guys know. You get it. <laughs> when and it like gets down to those two hour episodes, hour and a half episodes, and you got to edit that, you're just yeah. like, 
Mm-hmm. It, you gotta listen to the whole thing to edit it. It's like it takes mm-hmm. a lot of time. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it's not about competition. Obviously, the more people out there relaying the message, the more it's gonna be shared and, and we can really normalize. You know, you want the more and more people you can can talking about it. Exactly. I mean, it's not something I'm ashamed of. I'm a mom who smokes weed. I smoked weed before I had kids and I'm still smoking weed and like I'm still the same person. Like just because you have kids doesn't mean you stop being a woman, you know? Exactly. So. How old were you when you first started smoking weed and how was your first experience smoking it? Um, so the first time I smoked weed, I was like 18 years old. Um <laughs> I don't know why I was smoking weed at 18 cuz <laughs> but my um my best friend she um she was smoking weed and she was like you should try it like it's it's not bad like it's it's fine like you probably won't even get high your first time and I was like then why would I smoke if I'm not going to get high it's just like you just have to get it out of the way and then once you start you'll like and I'm like all right fine so I smoked weed and it was cool I didn't get high I was like okay and she was like all right and then I think like later in the day or maybe like the next day she was like we're gonna smoke again and I was like I didn't get high she was like you're gonna get high this time and I got high and I was like oh game changer I get it now um and I've been smoking weed ever since like I haven't I think I smoke more now as an adult than I did when I was like a teenager it's and more accessible 20. now. And you're yeah, it's more, I mean, it's legal in California, so that helps. Um, I was in Georgia at the time when I first tried smoking. So, I mean, obviously, it was really hard to find weed. Um, and finding weed as, like, a woman, a young young woman by yourself, and it's illegal. It's just sketchy. Um, so, I think that I really, really started smoking weed when I moved to New York when I was, like, in my... Um, it's like 23 and 24 and I was still wasn't buying weed myself I was like oh you got weed okay I'll have some like I was that girl like oh you smoking some weed yeah okay I'll have some um and then when I moved to California I started buying weed myself and I've been like in it for like since since I moved here so it's been like four years yeah but I've been smoking weed my whole life pretty much <laughs> Did you notice a big difference between living in a non-legal state and a legal state as far as um, how people view you as a person that consumed cannabis? Or do you feel like there's still a stigma no matter where you are? Absolutely. I mean, there's there's more. I don't know where you guys are located. Where are you guys located? We're in Florida. So we haven't in been. Florida. Okay. Okay. So you guys get it. So um, definitely being in the South in Georgia, there's a lot of stigma mm-hmm. on weed. I mean. There, to say there's a lot of stigma is actually kind of like an understatement. It's so much like fear, yeah. actually, about it and stigma that's wrapped up together, which makes it very tricky, especially when you're a woman. I feel like in the South, when you smoke weed, like you get looked at differently, like, oh, she's a party girl, like, oh, she's not serious about life, she's just a stoner. Um, so those are kind of stereotypes that you battle. And when you're Black and you smoke weed in the South, then you also risk losing your life you risk losing your freedom um so sometimes that's not worth it so people are scared of weed because they don't want to go to jail they don't want to die they don't want to have any problems with the police um and then also because there's just no information there's no quality weed available so i face a lot of it's really difficult to smoke weed in a state where recreational cannabis is not legal it's very hard i would never live in a state where um 
if I continue to live in the U.S., I mean, it's kind of a shitty country right now, but if I continue to live here, I won't ever live in a state where it's not legal because I've experienced both sides and the culture here in California. I, I mean, medical cannabis has been legal since the 90s here. So they're very like laissez-faire about weed. It's like, okay, who cares? It's like smoking a cigarette. It's very casual. Walking down the sidewalk, I smell weed all the time. People are smoking weed at like outside of restaurants, like it's everywhere, and so it's very. Oh, that sounds like pedestrian. (laughs) It's super pedestrian, and coming from New York, where it's like, let me hide behind this bush, or like I hope NYPD doesn't get me. And in Atlanta, like growing up smoking weed in cars all the time, and hoping like nobody's looking in the car, and like going down the interstate, and like hiding smoking my pipe like you know out of plain view and like and to come here and not have to hide it it's mm-hmm. like it's like it was like I was hiding a part of who I am a big part of who I was you know and that's unfair to myself I wasn't free so yeah exactly. I would never go back to a non-legal state <laughs> but I feel like to becoming an adult we're in a different position so yeah when we were younger and we were kids we had to kind of be sneaking around and shit yeah cause you're and- still like a 19, 18, 20 year old smoking weed like you're still you still need to hide cause you're not supposed to be smoking it yeah <laughs> I mean I, I lived with my parents till for a really long time so it's not like I could just be blazing up you know at home either oh I yeah no the disrespectful <laughs> yeah I had to keep it down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But sure. it's true. You really get to be free in yourself. I remember the first time I visited California and I went to a dispensary and I got weed legally and I was like so excited. And we went back to our Airbnb and I was going to go smoke with my brother on the balcony. And I was like, looking around, is anybody going to see us? And I was like, wait, I don't have to worry about that here. Like, it's okay. I can sit here and smoke this. It's not a big deal. Yeah, like, exactly. Okay. It baffled my mind. It really did. That was in Colorado. When I walked into Denver, I had a friend there, an old time friend who showed us, uh, showed up to pick us up on the airport. And as soon as he, we popped in the car, he gave us our gift was like a, a box of pre-rolls. And we were like, yeah, oh. a friend indeed. That's a good friend. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, oh, and I was just like, oh, I, I took one. He was like, no, no, no. Welcome to Colorado and he just gave me the whole thing. Yes, it's nothing. It's nothing. <laughs> and it was and, and I'm telling you, when we got there, we had other we are my my old roommate, her brother is a grower out there in uh in Colorado. In uh, Colorado Springs. And we even went to go go see his grow. And it was amazing. It was just so such oh like a magical trip. We had too much weed. We couldn't smoke all of it. We had to like <laughs> give it back to people. Be like, I'm sorry. Give it back to the people. We gotta go home. We can't take this all this weed. It's just gonna- <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I would have been up to the challenge. You gotta smoke the rest of this before I gotta go. Girl. I can't, I'm not gonna lie. I know I wasn't supposed to, but I took some home. I wasn't gonna get rid of it. And I wasn't gonna leave it behind. You I paid good money for that. And I was like, <laughs> yes. I, I, it's a little bit. I got it. In your carry on. <laughs> I, t- I, I, I took it. <laughs> you stuck it I up. Too, when my no, friends- no, I like booty holes you in my carry on. <laughs> You my friends come to visit, I'm like, I'm like, hey, I know you smoke weed. I know you're happy to be here. Let's go to the dispensary. Like, let's just get it out of the way. Let's do it. Here's a joint. I And then, like, my friends, I mean, it's a pandemic now, so, like, it's different. But usually when my friends come visit me here, like, I'm like, come on, let's smoke. I'm going to smoke you under the rug. I'm going to smoke you until you pass out. Like, if that's what you desire, 
then like I can give it to you. I have all the toys and the tricks and stuff. And so like, it's so much fun to like, you're like, experience I'm blowing blow mama, motherfuckers. <laughs> Let's go. Welcome. <laughs> so like, I, but I love my, my friends. Like they're so down for that. And they're so excited because like, a lot of my friends are in New York and Georgia and they don't get this experience. So when they come, I'm like, let's go. Let's get high as fuck every day. Let's go. Are you ready? <laughs> and they're usually game, but like I, I usually respect, like all my friends have different tolerance levels um, from me. And I respect that. Like, I don't expect everybody to be a stoner like my yeah. ass, like, you know. How about your family? Or do they, uh, how do they feel about your, you know, cannabis use and your, you know, your podcast and how involved you are in the industry and the community. You're like, were you brought up in a very conservative home? Um, can you tell us about a little bit of that? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, um, <laughs> my family is very conservative. Like I said, I grew up in the South. So like um, my, I was born and raised in Mississippi. And then like, I went to high school and middle school and college in Georgia. So I'm a Southern girl. Yeah. Um, and, uh, hold on. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> I think I'm almost I done. get a good right. So I'm, I'm dabbing right now for people who want to know. And I'm, I'm dabbing a hybrid. Um, hold on, I'll get this name really quickly. She's using a little Puffco. Little Puffco peak there. Little but mighty. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of, con- well, okay, I'll save that. I was about to jo- ask you, what kind of concentrate do you prefer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who are you a bad bitch? Oh my god! Yes, <laughs> kicked my ass. Like this thing is so good. So I <coughs> water. I I love to dab. That's the thing um, the dabs they get you in the back of the throat. In the throat, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. I always have water with me when I smoke. Like I, li- I feel like I love weed because it makes sure I stay hydrated. Um, I drink so much water. Yeah, me also. <laughs> like I actually, I'm more conscious of my water. Like I'll either, or I love drinking tea when I'm smoking weed because it just coats the throat really nicely. Sweet um, or unsweetened? Uh, sweetened with honey. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I think sweetened is so sweet. Like I like unsweetened tea because it's kind of bitter. Yeah, but oh, you also get the original flavors of the leaf and everything. Yeah. But sometimes I'll throw some honey in there and make it sweet. I don't awesome. put sugar. And some lemon or lime. Oof. Lemon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, don't, don't get me talking about tea. <laughs> I, like, I like tea. I like coffee, too. You know Ooh, what? I used ginger, to be really... Tea with ginger? Oh, tea with ginger and you're smoking weed? Your body, your body be like, yes, bitch, take care of me. <laughs> oh, my God. We took ginger shots yesterday, like straight yeah. up ginger, and pepper. Ooh, oh, my God. It was so amazing. Lights you up in a good way, though. Hell, yeah. <laughs> um, but, okay, so how I was raised. So I grew up um, in the South. I'm a Southern girl. Um, and then I moved to New York when I was like 22 and I lived there for six years trying to make sure my math is adding up. Yeah. And I lived there for almost six years. Um, but yes. Yeah, so for like the first 22 years of my life, I lived in the South. And so I have, and I was smoking weed during some of that time. And I grew up very 
I mean, people like to think that Black people are so liberal, but like we're conservative, especially a lot of Black Southerners, just like white people in the South are conservative. So are Black people. It's all actually the same. And low key, more Black people in the South need to be Republicans than that actually, <laughs> but they're not because they feel like Black people just have to vote Democrat. But it's like all your values are Republican. I hate to break it to you, <laughs> but all of your values are Republican. But that's a conversation people aren't ready for. And honestly, Republicans are kind of dipshits right now so come and be a democrat but um let's not talk about politics <laughs> girl i, I honestly that's it gets me really a whole other I, yeah yeah, yeah. We yeah. a whole part of our podcast from the last one because we went off i just triggers me sometimes, and sometimes yeah like, you know i i i actually because we're we're interviewing a canadian person and like she's uh she was talking about how something was really funny i was like yeah it's funny to you because you don't live here uh, yeah, you know? oh yeah no that shit ain't funny bro <laughs> it's not funny <laughs> <laughs> our country is in fucking shambles and it's crazy because it's like a lot of black and brown people like are republicans like you are a republican everything that you believe in you're saying to me right now some republican shit like you just don't know it and it's like there's nothing wrong with being a black republican you just go over there eat over there don't come over here it's fine but we can st- we're still cool like i'm just i know where your values lie you know and i think that people I, really need to i don't know i don't i don't we're going to talk about my upbringing. Honestly, though, I, I, I can connect with you on that because I feel like uh, we have a lot of similar, uh, similarities. We're Hispanics. So, like, mm-hmm. our parents and grandparents are historically, like, very Republican. And we're very against a lot of because we feel like they have a lot of racist views, too, that we our generation doesn't agree with. Mm-hmm. So it gets really tense even with families because they're still, their thinking is still like now with the times and it's hard because they're brainwashed. They're brainwashed. It's a lot of propaganda that they have to unlearn. Like think about the stuff that they were spoon fed in school and on TV and like commercials and stuff. And it's like, and your parents are telling you this too. So it's like, it's true. Like these things are facts. And it's like, no. Just because somebody tells you something doesn't mean it's true. You should question everything, even the stuff that your own president tells you, even the yeah. stuff that your own teacher tells you, even stuff that your own parents. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. they don't question authority. Our, our parents and like even our grandparents' generation, like they're very much so. And But that's how things were. Like that was survival for them back then. So. Yeah, it's just going with it. Yeah. It's just trying to make it up because their whole thing was like, you got to get the white, you got to get the um, white picket fence American dream. You have to achieve the American dream to achieve the American dream. You have to go along for a lot of things that you may not agree with so that your family can be better. Right. It's all about them wanting to progress them. So that's why we're here and we have these podcasts and doing these things, but they could never do that. Um, they had to work hard to get to the American dream, but then they realized the American dream is bullshit, right? Because then your kids are in these nice neighborhoods and schools and stuff, but they're still getting discriminated against in the same ways that you did, but just in very covert ways that fuck with their head. And it's like, you know, it's so many things that are happening and it's just like uh, making it to the suburbs was not the end of like all the bullshit that you had to deal with in this country because of how you look. You know, like, period. Like, you're still going to, you're just going to deal with it in an elevated way. Now in your nice neighborhood, cops are going to pull you over and think you don't live there. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you're still getting the same bullshit. So it's just like, that's, I think that people are like calling bullshit on a lot of things now. And they're just like, this shit just isn't fair, period, because of white supremacy and the patriarchy. And that shit needs to go, both of them, like, right now. 
<laughs> Go vote. Please. Yeah, it's it's so tense. It's so tense. And then we, our parents are, are are Cuban, so they have the whole they have the whole communism thing. Mm-hmm. They think all live all de- Democrats are liberal socialists communist people and that you can't vote that and way because like, it's going to become Cuba here. If and we and you're like, can you not yeah. compare the dictator that you had to the dictator <laughs> that's currently ruling our world and see like differences of how he treats the media and like, hello. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. All right. Like if you were to drive around my neighborhood, it's literally Trump flags everywhere. Cause I live in a predominantly Cuban American area, but it's fucking ironic because we live in a culturally diverse area. So this is the thing. We live in South Florida. So here there's like all kinds of different everything. Mm-hmm. There's Haitians, there's Jamaicans, there's Cubans. Like we're all. I, I love in- Miami, by the way. I've, <laughs> I've spent many and many a days in Miami since yeah. we're yeah. close to Georgia. <laughs> like, yeah, I love I, Miami. And I, I've gone to Atlanta. I love Atlanta. Georgia. I lived in Georgia for yeah. a few years yeah. in my life. I grew up from uh, kindergarten to like fifth grade. I lived in Georgia. I lived what in Canada, Woodstock. My oh. mom, we literally moved in a different place every year. So I mm-hmm. lived in all sorts of different parts of Georgia and Florida. We moved a lot between the two. But I lived in Marriott, Marietta, Woodstock, and Atlanta, all sorts mm-hmm. of places. Those are all nice neighborhoods. Yeah. Yeah. That's so not, it's that's... crazy that you're, it's culturally diverse here. Yeah. We hear stories of like our friends going up north to other places and getting treated differently because like suddenly, they stick out like a, thor- a, a sore thumb when we're supposed to like, like being friends with other Hispanic people locally. Mm-hmm. Oh, Miami's not like the rest of Florida. First of oh. all, Miami is its own thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's its own. If people think that Florida is like Miami, you're in awakening because Florida is country as fuck. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, if you notice, like during elections, like. Palm Beach, Broward, Miami, like Miami Dade usually vote blue and the rest of the state is all like red, 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 red. red, red, red. Yeah. It's so. all red, guys. Like all of that. <laughs> and then we end up going Florida. red and then like <laughs> Jacksonville, Florida, fucking Daytona, Florida. I've been to Daytona many times for well, I I've been to a couple of times for spring break and I was just like, oh, this is not Miami. Like this is different. This is okay, okay. <laughs> So it's like really kind of a tough pill to swallow when you have like immigrant backgrounds and them like kind of like being how can you support the support somebody that's anti-immigration. Like I know. we like how did you get here? Yeah, how did you get how here? did you get here? My grandparents came here from Cuba. Like we wouldn't be here in this country if there wasn't for that. You know, this guy is literally trying to make sure nobody can get into this country anymore. He's and, and if you're not from this country, he really doesn't want you in here. And and if you left this country and you're American, he's also like, maybe you shouldn't be allowed to come back to like, that's how he's really feeling right now. And it's just like people are really not seeing that he's really isolating America slowly from mm-hmm. the rest of the world. Yeah. Like literally he tried to ban a social media app. Yeah. Like, that is a really big thing because next, you know what happens next? Internet censorship. Welcome to China. Like, do you, like, what do you, like, what do you, I mean, welcome to not China because, like, I don't want to say China because I mean, they do Trump has his own beef with China and I don't, I don't want to promote a beef with China because honestly, yeah. I don't have no problems with China. China ain't never yeah. shot any of my people in the back, you know, for being yeah. black. So I don't have a problem with China. I have a problem with a lot of the things that are happening right here in front of us on camera, on TV. And 
are continued to happen. And it's basically like genocide at this point. I feel like it's really like trying to kill black people, like really trying to eliminate as many black people as possible. And it's like, how is this legal? <laughs> what like how let's get any, listen, how is any of the stuff that's being pulled off legal? How is it legal for him to have are we going to cut this whole part of this podcast? <laughs> no, what are we doing? Because, like, kids are in cages right now, right? Like, I know, girl. Like, yeah. And I honestly have to just remove myself from consuming all of it all the time because it's a lot. It's a lot. It will literally bring your whole, you will be in a spot where you're just, like, depressed. It's depressing yeah. to know that, like, like I saw something recently and they were just like, you know, like little kids are still in cages. Like they, these kids are still not, have not been reunited with their families. Um, and it's COVID and like nobody cares. They're missing. Yeah. They've lost kids in the system that they've separated from their families. So it's from their families who probably may not even speak English. So it's just like, how are they going to get the help? Who's helping them to find their kids? Even like, and I read somewhere that a lot of these immigrants are black too. They're Haitian. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, okay, like let's just, it's, it's like finding more ways to just corral up anybody that's not white and try to find a way to get rid of you, get you out of the way, make you either get you arrested or not let you in and make you work for the system. You have to work for the system by paying us more money and get making our wallets fatter, or you're going to give us labor or you're just going to not be able to vote anymore. Like some way we're going to take shit away from you. Yeah. Because if you're like, a you're that takes you right away to vote in a lot of states, mm-hmm. that's another yeah, it, yeah. and when you start like, taking votes away from problem. immigrants then it's just kind of like oh wow like what if ever like what if these people were able to vote like what what would happen but it's like they don't want those voices you know come in and work for us but like don't don't vote you know i think that is so many it's so much shit here that's really backwards but it's like it's all because it benefits white supremacy at the end of the day you know, and if it doesn't work for white supremacy, then it's out of here. Like, we're going to eliminate it. We're going to call a war on drugs. How about that? <laughs> so, okay, all done with that. So growing up in Georgia, my family was super conservative. <laughs> and um, they were, you know, super against weed. Like, even to this day, I have family members who don't know I smoke weed. Or and or and definitely don't know about the podcast. I have a lot of family. I'm from a really big family, so my mom is one of thirteen kids. Wow. And yeah, my dad was like one of like nine or ten. So I have a lot of cousins. I have a lot of aunts and uncles. Um, I have second cousins, third cousins, fourth cousins, um, and we all know each other. Um, we're a big family, uh, spread out all over the country. And yeah, but that's to say that I have cousins that know about my mama who support it, who love it, who are so proud of what I'm doing and uh, have been supporting me in like different ways or whatever. And they're, that's because they're the homies. Like we're homies, like they're in my age, they're a little younger or they're even older. Like some of them are the age of my mom and they know about it, but it's that like cousin code of like, I'm not going to snitch on you. I'm not going to tell on you. And also because if you do, you're going to get problems. We're going to have problems and they don't want smoke. So, <laughs> but also it's like, come on, like let her do her thing. Like I agree. And they just know that our parents, um, my aunts and uncles, especially my aunties, um, are conservative. They're from a different generation in time and there's no changing how they feel. And I don't want to change how they feel because 
their mind is made up and I'm not going to convince my 60 year old auntie or my seven year old auntie, and you know, that weed me. is clean. And if they like, keep me. living. <laughs> yeah. You live in your yeah. life and you just, that's not something. I respect you. You know, people. it's respecting right. your elders. I respect, I still say yes, ma'am. No, ma'am to my um yes sir no sir to my aunts and uncles because like that's how I was raised like that's how I want my kids to address their elders as well because it's a respect thing it's like I respect you I'm not gonna do crazy shit in your presence I won't be wild but like at the same time I think I do need to tell them like I have a pot so I'm I'm trying to figure out how to tell them because now it's kind of getting to a point where um it's getting pretty bigger and I need to like tell them before somebody else does. Yeah. So um, I was thinking about telling my mom maybe this weekend or sometime soon because um, this yeah, week? and and it's gonna be difficult, but I think she's gonna get it because she came here to LA a couple times and she liked it. And I showed her dispensaries. We didn't go in one, but she was. I was just trying to explain to her like what it means she to have legal weed and what open. that looks like. She was just like really confused at like how this is like that's real like that's and I'm just, yeah it's just like hmm but I don't think like it really is and you didn't she's smoke still kind of just like you didn't no smoke no oh well my mom doesn't drink oh, doesn't smoke mean- oh did I no I didn't so the whole so, time she was there visiting you weren't smoking. I was smoking secretly yeah. in my room like a right. fucking okay. teenager in my kid. own house. Hiding <laughs> from my mother. Yes, I was. My last trip. Hey, this was I after you. Yeah, and this is when his mom when his mom comes to, it's the same. Like the same. we're not hiding it as much. Like he doesn't hi- like he'll be like, Oh, I'm taking out this bong. I'm about to go. Like, you know, and I'll be like I'm coming too, but like not like I would never initiate it because like I know how his mom feels, and um it's just but his mom knows Jared's mom knows what I do um I don't think she knows like the extent of it or understands it but she knows and I don't and she's like whatever um about it uh but my mom has no idea my stepdad who's Nigerian which is all like a whole other can of worms like having a Nigerian father oh, yeah they're, they're, a lot. Extremely, they're extremely religious <laughs> and very conservative he, wow. he's, he's muslim so he's and he's very he's pretty i mean he's not like the most devout like i feel like he doesn't go to mosque as much but he does like practice ramadan and all that and like he you know he does go to mosque when he can but he definitely it, just because he's not the mosque doesn't mean he's praying. Like he prays at home often. He has like all the little setup and everything. And like, it was very interesting growing up in a house where my mom is Baptist Christian and she's pretty, like she grew up in the church and like, I grew up in the church. So my mom, she doesn't have a church she belongs to right now, but if she were to find a church that really she liked, she would be all up in that church. Like mm-hmm. my mom goes to church and mm-hmm. she doesn't go to church now, but just much like my stepdad, like she watches um, Joel Osteen on TV at home and stuff like that and so like they practice at home which is I think why they were able to kind of really fit because neither one of them was like come with me here or come with me there Um, but also like my mom respected his religion and he respected her religion he would come to church with us on Easter Sunday beautiful yeah Um, yeah and like for Ramadan my mom would respect it and she would fast with him so we didn't have pork That's in our house or anything like that. So she revised our diets and stuff for him and how she cooked and like all of that. So it really, it, I, that taught me that like it can work. Like you don't have to be with somebody 
um, strictly because of their religion. Like, oh, I can't be with you. No, it can work. It yeah, can, if you, if you love that person, it can yeah. definitely, yeah, it can definitely work. So it worked out because Muslims like don't smoke or drink. And my mom just doesn't smoke or drink either. Um, so they actually just off top have a negative view on that period. Like when I became of age and I ordered my first drink, at dinner with them, the looks, <gasps> oh my God. And so this is actually, I was, this was my graduation dinner, actually my graduation from college and I was going to dinner. Congratulations to me. And I'm 21 now I'm grown. I got my college degree, you know, and I got a job already lined up for that summer to go do like, um, work as a camp counselor at this summer camp for the whole summer. And it was going to be in Pennsylvania in the Poconos mountains. So I was like, Oh, this is lit. Um, so I'm like celebrating and I wanted my drink. And so I ordered a beer because in Georgia, there's a beer, Sweetwater, and it's fucking delicious. It's the best beer the sweet water ever. Sweetwater 420, yes. Oh, yeah, that's good. So good. <laughs> I miss that beer in my soul every day. Like that's that's <laughs> something I really miss about Georgia is like the beer and I miss the food, obviously, and yeah. I miss the hospitality. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> I ordered... Sweetwater 420 um, and I'm drinking it and my parents were like, we'll pay for your whole meal, everything except that drink. Are you for like, real? In my head, I was like, you're so fucking petty, man. For real. And I'm a grown woman and then let me... T- and let me tell you, and then my friends who are total sellouts, y'all know who you are. You because I had the dinner, and it was my some of my friends came to help me celebrate, and I ordered my beer, and you know they ordered water, cranberry juice, <laughs> Sprite. And it's like you look. motherfuckers, you, you got me first. out here drinking. You I ordered first, first. yes. They saw the looks. They're like, uh-huh. they set me up. They're, I can feel that look. They saw my parents' face, and they were like, nope. Yeah, I don't want the smoke. Especially where they like, oh, we're gonna pay for your birthday dinner. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they were not gonna disrespect your parents, girl. <laughs> they were like, okay. <laughs> and I was just like, y'all have really had me out. And so my parents, they didn't stay the whole dinner, obviously, because they knew like we're just gonna pay for it and we're gonna let you guys enjoy yourselves. Go hang out. Go do whatever. Um, have fun. Congratulations, right? So like, they leave if my sister leaves or whatever, and like. As soon as they like leave the building, oh, can I order a glass of wine? Can I have a? And I'm just like, yo, mother. They were like with a little angel thing until the. I fucking hate y'all. You (laughs) sold me down the river. You fucking fucking, like you guys really sold me out. Like they were just like, girl, I was not about to have no problems with your parents. Like they were gonna leave and we were just gonna wait. I was like, why didn't y'all tell me I could have ordered a sweet tea? (laughs) (laughs) so anyways that that's that gives you an idea of what i'm dealing with here as far as parents um so like with this whole weed thing (laughs) this weed thing i don't know how they're gonna feel but i know they're not gonna be the most understanding off top so i've just been like trying to prepare me prepare myself these past two and a half years on like the moment when I will have to tell them. And now I'm at a point where it's like, I need to tell them because I, it can't be five years of me doing this and they don't know about it. And then they get upset at me, not because of what I'm doing, but because I hit it for five years. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, it's been two years and that's kind of too long. So I'm just going to tell them 
because I respect and love them. And if they don't like it or not, it's whatever, but at least you know now. So I feel like, and I think they'll respect it because I'm getting paid to do it a little bit more now than I was before. So then they'll be like, oh, you're making money too? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> so that puts a little bit more when you have black parents, especially Nigerian parent, you know, they respect the money part. They don't really care about anything else. Like, oh, so you can turn this into a business? Okay. Right. So yeah, you know, that's if, how it's gonna But go. they see but I feel like too, you're an adult already and I'm I have I'm two sure. kids. Yes, and you got your shit. Look at and look at you. Like like yes, you've been working on your shit. And I feel like it's also for you, you're proud of it too. You want to be able yeah, to share it its entirety with them because also like, you know. You know, but I didn't want to show them like in the beginning when I only had like 200 followers and like I didn't have I didn't have the podcast. But I was like, okay, I have the podcast for a year now and it's established and I can have them go back and listen to all 69 episodes of it and like take it in and see like this is what I've been this has been my passion for you know 69 episodes like I put that that much work into it so I want to show them that like I put work into like this t-shirt this merch like all of this stuff like I've this has been my idea and I worked on it and I brought it to life like by myself. And so I just want them to know that like, I'm still the same person who hustles and gets what she wants and turns it into a coin. Like, and now I'm doing it for myself. And so I just want them to see the business side of it and how um, I'm just going to use this to like generate wealth for myself and like, and know that like it's all owned by me and I'm not doing it for anybody else I think they'll respect that and be proud of that so that's why I really want to tell them like this yeah. weekend <laughs> yeah artistically too and creatively it's a huge accomplishment you know thank you so it's like it really is it's you're blazing the trail and we've got a lot of work to do you know and we're yeah. here like cheering you on and also helping you and like you know all of us are kind of throwing down and it's such a it's a crazy supportive community you know yeah, absolutely, absolutely. 420. <laughs> I just looked at my watch and it was 420. I was like, oh. Oh, yeah, it's 120 here, but I smoked with y'all. <laughs> so what actually inspired you to start the podcast? What made you like, okay, let me, I'm going to start a podcast and talk about this shit. Yeah, because you're a journalist, like, from the get, like, right? That's what you prepared yourself to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm a journalist. Um, I've, I'm, I'm, I don't say I was like, I still am. Like I still do a lot of journalist things and I freelance from here from time to time, but I'm realizing that I'm not a good freelancer. I fucking suck at freelancing. Like I'm the salary girl. Like you got to have me on staff full time if you really want all my attention. Otherwise I just don't, I can't commit to it. Um, because like why freelance for somebody when I could just commit this project to me and still get the money and y'all don't have to get shit. I don't really need you. Yeah. So like that's kind of where I am. Like I'm at a point where it's like you would have to pay me a whole lot of fucking money for me to want to spend 40 hours of my week on your shit and not my shit. So that's where I am right now in my career with journalism. But I love journalism. I love like if I could find a way to do journalism full-time and this I would like I love journalism that that much I have a few issues with it but I think like who doesn't have issues with their profession um but like I just know that black journalists are so necessary and needed in newsrooms um for diversity of news and stories and just telling stories 
accurately. And, um, and so, yeah, that's why I, I will always probably still have a toe in that door. And my parents are super proud of my career, like with that and everything that I've accomplished. And they've told me, and that's made me feel really good. Um, but I just became dissatisfied um, with the industry. Like some things happened that just really made me realize that like, I'm always just going to be that token black woman employee that you hired to check all the EEOC um, benefits. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like to be like, oh, we got a woman and she's black, you know, like you got one. And like, I I worked hard to get to the point that I have got that I am at in that in that career. But um, creatively, I felt like I wasn't able to ever really express myself. Like I tried to have like three podcasts before this one. So like, and none of them ever worked out for one reason or another, whether creatively the company was just like, no, we don't want to do it anymore or like whatever. And so it was just like, you know, I think everything happens for a reason because a thing that, you know, a lot of people don't know, but like when you're a writer or an editor or just a journalist at like a major publication, like a Huffington Post, which I've worked there before, or like ABC News, which I've worked, like they have it in your contract when you sign that you cannot, like anything that you create there, they own it. So if I would have made a podcast and it became wildly successful, if they decided to lay me off, they could keep the podcast and just have somebody else take it over Mm because I don't own it. So that kind of sucks. Um, and it does happen in the industry. Like people have started wildly popular things with like a BuzzFeed or a HuffPost or whatever. And like it has gotten like axed or the person got axed, but they kept the brand. Like they, you created this brand for a brand and they don't need you anymore. That really sucks. And you don't That's have good, any man. coin in it. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't like that side of things. I didn't like that I was always the only black person and I had to defend and and speak for all black people all the time. It's very exhausting um, when you're reporting during matters. Like back then it was like um, Philando Castile and Sandra Bland and Eric Gardner were the things that we were reporting on. We were reporting on Ferguson and it was taxing. It literally took a toll. I would bring that shit into my relationship and we would be so stressed in our relationship because of the stresses of my job. Like being a black journalist is, is really, really hard. If you have a friend who's a journalist and you're seeing your own people and that shit, and is you real. have to see it. You can't like normal people can be like, I'm not doing this today. But for me as an editor, I always, I had to today yes. at that moment, watch the video at that moment. I have to see like how people are responding. And I, and, and it's a lot to process because you have to kind of put your own emotions to the side to be objective. Um, so, I mean, but it's, it's a great job. I, I fucking love that shit. I'm a fucking junkie. Like, so that's why this world is so fun for me, this entrepreneur life. But um, I decided to start the podcast because I started Blunt Boy Mama. I was scared, but it started working out. And then I started thinking to myself, like, I keep trying to do these podcasts with other people and for other companies. And I never thought, what if I did one for myself? So I started, like, thinking about that idea a little bit. Um, I ended up, like, moving out here to L.A. And that opened my eyes to, like, the whole cannabis industry which I didn't realize it was an industry. And I was like, oh, this is some, this is really a whole world. And so I started learning more and meeting people and going to events and like just seeing things and like following people on Instagram more in the cannabis world here. And I was like, my mind was blown and I was like, wow. And so then things just started happening. I got laid off at my job. 
that I moved out here for. And I was just like, oh, okay. So that was like, I had never been laid off before at that point. So that was very humbling. Like when you get laid off, that's some real shit. So I was, yeah. <laughs> and so I was just like, okay, like what am I going to do? So um, I had, and moving to LA, there's not a big journalism industry like there is in New York. Like journalism is in New York. That's the Mecca. So like I left the Mecca, came out here and I'm in the fucking entertainment industry and ain't no fucking jobs for me. So I was like, trying to change my resume and get some work because we had a kid and like Jared was unemployed too. So we were both unemployed trying to live in LA with no family or friends. What the fuck? Uh, (laughs) I ended up getting this job at this company that I only stayed for three months. And since I was only there three months, um, I never put it on my resume. It's not on my LinkedIn, anything. Um, I'm not even going to name the company, but they were a horrible, horrible company. Um, I had a horrible boss who actually works in cannabis right now. And, but I won't go into, (laughs) I won't go into, she's a woman of color and I thought she was with it and for the people down for the cause and she was not, she was for the money and for herself and for capitalism. And I was like, Oh, okay. So you're going to be, but anyway, so, um, I learned very with that. I learned that not everybody who's skin folk is kin folk, and that's true. Um, and so I really um, was just really jaded with the whole industry, like being laid off, seeing like a lot of having experienced a lot of microaggressions throughout my career, and just being fed up with that, being like taxed and emotionally and mentally exhausted, but still feeling like undervalued and underappreciated. Um, I decided like, and I was smoking a lot of weed, and I was like, I'm going to start blowing blowing mama. So I started blowing blowing mama, and it. I got, I kept getting so many questions. And so everything just kind of came in together. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to eventually do a podcast for this. But I was like, what am I going to talk about? So I spent some time like thinking about it and thinking about it. And I kind of put it off to the side. Then I got pregnant um, again. And I was like, well, I guess I'm going to be pregnant now and just (laughs) think about what I'm going to do. And so while I was pregnant, I was like, I'm going to do this podcast. And my whole pregnancy, I was like planning everything I wanted to do for the podcast. And after I had my son, like I started like recording and getting like right to it. And I launched it in uh, May of 2019. And like my son was born January 2019. <laughs> so he was like a little baby. And I'm like, I'm going to launch this podcast. So, um, And that's why I started it. I started it because like I felt like it's something I always wanted to do. And, and I, now I'm doing it for myself. And I started Blunt Blowing Mama because like, I felt like I, ca- what else can I do? Like, you know, and because I noticed there were so many white moms like talking about they smoke weed. When I was a journalist and I would edit articles, I always kept seeing these cannabis moms or stoner moms, but they were all white, like middle-aged women. And I was like, okay, you know, but, you know, kept pushing or whatever, just going about my day. But then when I started thinking about Blunt Boy and Mama, and I, like you guys said, I was looking for competitors um, or who else was doing it just to see an example or like something, you know, or if it's even being done or like, you know, and I saw a whole bunch of white moms on Instagram who had a lot of followers and were just smoking weed and everything. And I was like, oh, these are, they look like they're my age or, you know, like relatable or something. They got young kids. Um, but then I was like, oh shit, like, you know what? Like, there's definitely like no black women. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and I know plenty of black women who smoke weed. So, mm-hmm. like, what's up with that? Um, but what I didn't realize was that, um, thank you. <laughs> my boyfriend's bringing me something to eat <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you 
What a good man. That's a good man. Yes, he is. He's very thank you. Um, but uh yeah, I was just like, there's no black women. I was like, oh hell no. Like I was I was offended. I was like, I'm here. Like I, I I'm not gonna and I kept thinking all my life I've been waiting for permission or asking for permission or I'm like, I'm just gonna fucking do it. Like what what's yeah. the worst that could happen? And so I did it and I was like, the be- the worst that could happen is that I blow this shit the fuck up because like there is no other black woman doing it and I blow it up and then all the black women start coming out. And so I was just like, I'm gonna do it. Like fuck it. I'm gonna do it and look at this, like it's a whole bunch of them. So <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. It is amazing. We feel this like I I I do I find a lot of similarities with your story because ultimately um I was looking for like I was just looking for stuff on cannabis use you know using cannabis while pregnant and I couldn't find anything not to say just because I smoked and I was interested in seeing uh or hearing stories from other women who had smoked while they were pregnant and even just looking for that, it's hard to find any hardcore information yeah. other than women just coming together and really talking about it and sharing their personal experiences. Mm-hmm. So I saw a message. But it's, huh? And I but saw that's a message. What, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, but that's why it's important because I'm what convinced me to start smoking weed was my one, my own personal experience with my first pregnancy and I didn't smoke weed. It was, I was miserable. But then when I started blunt blowing mama, I kept hearing so many women who said they smoked weed and their babies were fine. Their kids are fine. Their kids are grown. Their kids are, their kids are having kids. And like, and so I was just like, they can't all be lying. These are yeah. like, these women are in different sides of the country. These women are in different countries. I've spoken to women in Australia and Brazil uh-huh. and Chile and fucking London, like everywhere. And it's all the same. Like these women would not be collectively trying to plot to lie. Like something is wrong here, you know? Yeah. Like, so that's when I was just like, fuck the science. Like this is a nice guide, but like, I'm going to listen to the women like on this one. <laughs> For sure. I think it's just as important. And the thing is, is there's not a lot of interest or there's not a lot of research and there's so many hoops and stuff. It's just like you kind of just do have to congregate together and like share stories with one another to get some information, some real life information, you know? Exactly. You had said that you on your first pregnancy, you didn't use cannabis, but on your second one, you did. And then your experience in your first pregnancy is what made you decide, yes, you feel like you could, you needed it. You it would be more pleasurable because um, I think you were had a lot of was it morning sickness and things like that. Oh no, no, so I've never ever had morning sickness. Oh, okay. thank God. Okay. <laughs> um, I've never experienced that. Um, but I think that might be like a genetic thing because my mom never experienced morning sickness either. So she was just like, yeah, it's probably because I didn't. I was like, oh, cool. Thanks, mama. Um, I'm glad I got that from you. Um, I could lose some of the other things I got from you, but it's fine. Um, so, you know, got that from her and thankful. But well, I had a totally healthy pregnancy, like I didn't have any issues like physically everything was checking out she was doing fine as well it was a great like for that but emotionally I was a fucking wreck I felt like I described it to my friends like I had vampire emotions like I would be like really excited and just like on 10 a hundred a thousand or like very angry on a thousand angry or like very sad like on it and I was just like this is crazy because I'm not like an emotional person I don't even do hugging like that like I don't do like PDA like I'm not that part I just like even with my friends it's like I don't really hug much but I'll do it because like 
good friends hug. So, <laughs> and so I'm just not, learning. Not in 2020 though now. Not in 2020. I know. Get off me. I'm, so I'm loving this in 2020. I'm just like, yes, finally. I don't have to touch your ass. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's definitely, I'm not that kind of girl. Um, so to be like that all of a sudden and not be able to control it was driving me mad. I was driving myself crazy trying to control something that I can't control. Like, it you can't control pregnancy and what it does to your body. So I was your like... Hormones. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know how to let it go. I should have just let it go. But if I would have smoked weed, I would have let it go. So I was like, me and my partner, we were arguing all the time, arguing. And um, that could have been snuffed out if I smoked weed. Um, I was like very irritable. I was like super like in my head about my appearance, even though I was pregnant. So like, who fucking cares? But like, I wasn't able to relax and ever just calm down and experience it. I was trying to fight everything and I was in my head and, and my emotions were, my hormones were driving me mad, like literally had my emotions going crazy. Um, so man, if I would have just had weed. So it was just very stressful because I didn't smoke weed that whole time. I made the decision the moment I found out I was pregnant, I took one last bong rip and I was like, I guess I can't smoke weed for nine months. <laughs> Dumb, dumb. So, <laughs> so I didn't smoke weed my whole pregnancy. I breastfed for 15 months and I did not smoke weed that whole 15 months. So almost two years of no weed. Oh I was stressed out. <laughs> I was like, it was breastfeeding. And right after giving birth, oh my God, breastfeeding is so, I couldn't do it. It was so, it, that is like, oh my God, medals to all of you women who, who breastfeed. Like that is just, I think that's an enormous feat because you are there constantly for your child and like, oh, so yeah. Constantly. And then you have a, a phase where like you have to kind of get them to detach from you because they get so attached because of the breastfeeding and the comfort that it provides for them. So it's just like, get off of me eventually <laughs> you know but like um some women they never feel like that and I say props to you but eventually I'm at a I get to a point where I'm like all right I need me back you need to back up off me but there are a lot of benefits to breastfeeding so I was like I already knew I wanted to breastfeed but I just I think I should have smoked weed much sooner um and because I was so tense and wound up and then we moved and um, and once we moved here, I started thinking more and smoking more weed, obviously. And I made a promise to myself. Well, I, I made a connection that the reason why all those things were happening is because I wasn't smoking weed. Like I knew that I was instinctually, I was like, I should have had some sort of weed in my life. And I didn't. And that's why those things are happening because we started, our relationship got better and stronger and we were happier and then we were smoking more weed. So I was like, it's just the weed. We just need <laughs> weed. Um, so like being here, like our quality of life has improved so much. And then I, I, once I realized that I was like my next time, the next time I have a kid, I'm going to make sure I smoke weed. So then I started blowing, blowing mama, I started hearing from women and I was like, okay, they can't be lying either. And so I was just like, yeah, I'm definitely going to smoke weed the next time I get pregnant. I got pregnant and I was like, I guess we're going to have to, we're keeping this one. And so, um, I'm not going to stop smoking weed. And I told Jared that and he was just like, yeah, okay. I figured that. I mean, I was just like, oh, okay, cool. But a part of me was like, I wanted, I definitely wanted his input. I didn't, if he were, would have been against it, then I probably would have had to like really think about, okay, like we need to really talk about this because yeah. this, this is serious to me. Um, but he was just like, yep, 
you sure do need to smoke more weed because I ain't got time for the bitch to come out. <laughs> you know, he didn't say that, but I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah, you felt it. He remembered. Yeah, and it helped. Like I wasn't, I wasn't a bitch. Like I actually enjoyed my pregnancy. Um, I enjoyed it so so much. And like in my first trimester, I would smoke like. I smoke like the joints here or there, but only when I needed to. I rarely smoked a whole joint. So it was definitely like a micro dosing kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my second trimester, I started like vaping um, and I vaped a lot. <laughs> I vaped a lot. I had an edible. I used tinctures. I was using a lot more topical then for like my back and stuff and like um and then my third trimester I was like okay I gotta stop because just in case like I don't know if they're gonna try to drug test me or the baby I'm black like I don't need no problems even though my doctor was really cool and she was just amazing and very attentive and so I felt really comfortable with her I never told her that I smoked weed because I didn't feel like like why if did if you if you ask I'll tell you if not it's none of your business because as far as I'm seeing everything's checking out with me and the baby. So we're good. We're Gucci. My diet is good. She, you even told me whatever I'm doing, keep doing it. And I'm like, I will girl. <laughs> and my son is fine. And I was, I think the best part is that I, I enjoyed that pregnancy so much that afterwards I was like, I'll do it again. And that's like how, you know, like you enjoyed it. And I think that a lot of people don't realize that pregnancy is like a part of life that is meant to be enjoyed every uncomfortable, hard and challenging, but also funny and fun and weird part. Like it's part of your life journey and you should really lean into it. Yeah. And enjoy it. Yeah. So, yeah. And not get caught up. I feel like everybody makes it seem like, you know, all unicorns and fucking rainbows. And at the end, it's it's gas, it's indigestion, it's constipation. (laughs) But there are moments where like when I would feel the baby move, it was just like special. (laughs) Yeah. And just you realizing how powerful your body is. Yes. Oh my gosh, the best part is watching the baby move. I made sure I took like a couple of videos my last pregnancy because I remember my first pregnancy I never did. And I, that was the part I missed, but I was like, let me get a couple of videos. And so now you remind me, I should watch it today. But like, it's definitely like, wow, like that's, I did that. Because after you have your kids, I get kind of dis- dissociated from it. I'm just like, I did that. Like I gave birth to twice, two people. For me, you guys, wow. Like, it does sometimes it doesn't feel like it's like five years later. I can imagine like 10, 20 years later, I'm gonna be like, You, I can't, like, you, dude, my mom, I put you like, here, dude. My mom was like, There came a time where we had a conversation, and I was like telling her how surprised I am to have two children. And my mom's like, Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised you had children at all. And I turned around and I was like, Let alone two. Oh my god, my own mom is like, Wow, I'm surprised you're a mom. <laughs> moms keep it real yeah for sure nobody's gonna be realer with you than your mom she will check you in a second i'm so excited for you to like talk to your parents i'm like so nervous and like my mom is older and like she knows i have a podcast and she knows i work on this thing but i become a stay-at-home mom but this is like the thing that i do now but i haven't told her like what our topic is other than parenting. So I think yeah. and I'm kinda like she's older. I don't know if I really want to get into that with her. She's very <laughs> conservative as well. So it's I'm almost like why to- worry then, you know? Like why because I feel like my mom would just get worried and right. like I don't want you to worry. Yeah. But also I don't want you in my business. 
Yeah. Because <laughs> then it becomes like phone calls, like, are you still doing that weed thing? Yeah. Okay, well, when you're ready to do a serious job. <laughs> Cause you are such, you are so talented. You went to a good school. I don't understand. I can already see it, like right now, it's a conversation. Like I can, I feel that conversation, man. I <laughs> yeah, I know. You're. I mean, it's just the pressure. They just want us to be okay. You know, I understand. Yeah. Like being a parent now, I get it. You just want your, you want your kids to be able to take care of themselves and not have any troubles or issues. You know, like especially when your kids are like black or brown like you, you just worry like because yeah. it's just like, this world is not meant for you to thrive in so be careful I think that's where it all comes from yeah. so I just try to remember that that's her way of expressing it and it's an odd way but I accept it yeah. <laughs> I don't I'm not I used to try to push away and reject it and I think that's why we clashed so much when I was a kid but now that I'm a mom and I, just watching life and reading more, I get it. I'm just like, you're just worried and you don't know how to express it. Yeah. I get it. It's fine. Just figure it out, mom. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm gonna... I think we've proved ourselves, right? Where we're like, you know, we can, we got it. We got our shit together. We're not like fucking around. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And my mom, she knows me. Like, I don't have ass shit. Like, I... When I do, when I set my mind to something, like I get, when I told, I told her when I was 16 years old that I would move to LA and I would live in California. And she, when I moved here and she came to visit, she was like, you made it happen. I was like, I sure did. <laughs> She's like, I'm so proud of you. I was like, thank you. <laughs> you know? And she's going to be proud of you when you tell her. I think so too. I feel like it too. Yeah. And I'm already stoned, so I might just do it after I get off from you guys because like it's easier <laughs> conversation when you high. <laughs> Let me get real, 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 real with you real quick, mom. Yeah. I'm like, I'm actually high right now. You wouldn't even know it would <laughs> But one time she did FaceTime me and my eyes were bloodshot red and she thought I was drunk and handling the kids. And she was like, Shantria. I need to talk to you privately. Can you put the baby down? I was like, okay. And so, like, I go off to another area to, you know, holding the phone. And she's like, are you drinking? I was like, no. She's like, are you drunk with your children? I was like, no. She's like, your eyes are bloodshot red. Do not lie to me. And I was like, and I was like oh, shit, they are. Because <laughs> I'm high. I was like, mommy, I got to go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't get bloodshot eyes that like I don't get red eyes that often from smoking, oh. but sometimes I, and I do smoke a lot of weed and, and I just normally don't. But I guess that time I, I was like yeah. bloodshot red and she was like, oh, my God. And so she brought it up the next time for like a month or two months. She kept bringing oh it up. And I was like God. trying to dodge. I'm just like, leave me alone. <laughs> I feel that. Now she's going to think back to that time. Ah. Oh, and she's going to bring it up because that's what mothers do. They remember everything. But then, but then they don't. But then they don't remember certain things. So it's like, how do you remember everything? And then you don't remember certain things. Thanks, mom. But yeah, she's definitely going to bring that up probably. You <laughs> remembering. And the mom brain memory bank. <laughs> All right. And that was Blunt Blowing Mama. You can find her at bluntblowingmama.com. Uh, on Instagram, her handle is Blunt Blowing Mama. She also has a podcast. Please check her out. And she has lovely merchandise as well. She's so nice. I, and then she I love actually, her merch. She, um, she ended up telling her mom about uh, yes. what she was doing. 
Yes. Yes. And she was uh, so update it, on that. It was yeah, one she of those did. things where her mom was cool with it. She set it up properly, though. She's like, look, mom, I'm starting to make a career out of this. I really love this a lot. This is what I do. It's I'm getting very good at it. And her mom was like, OK. Her mom had even that's said, awesome. She had even said something that her mom ha- makes pies and had even asked her, should I start putting it in my yes, pie? Yes, mom, <laughs> you should definitely start putting that shit in your pie. <laughs> oh, my God. So I, it's kind of like, I don't know. I kind of want to now follow suit and be like, you know what? I'm going to talk to my mom and be like, hey, I think you should you talk know? to your mom soon, too. All right. Yeah, I think I might do that with some. Uh, that was some encouragement <laughs> from Blunt Blowing Mama. Thanks so much. Thank you guys for uh, listening to our podcast and, um, you know, sticking around for um, for three seasons. Uh, can't wait to uh, to start up the fourth season. Thanks for spending your break with us. And so so much thanks to our podcast monthly supporters, Lauren Hadsel, April Collins and Christy Rodriguez. You guys are amazing. We appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Please follow, like, review, subscribe. Tell your neighbors, your grandmas uncles don't tell your uncles uh potsmokingmoms.com see ya see ya later see ya